Well, we wanted to talk about this issue, so we're calling in Jennifer Braceres, Director, Independent Women's Law Center, to talk about the issue. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. So uh, in Michigan, there is a bill uh, that is uh, working to, uh, to, to ban this, to separate it, to make sure boys are on boys' teams, girls are on girls' teams. Other states uh, are not doing that. It sort of uh, depends state by state. What are, you, what are you seeing as the key issues in this debate? Well, it's interesting because I see these state bills as sort of a defensive measure. Um, and the reason they're adopting them is because they see other, uh, you know, federal uh, executive orders, for example, proposed bills that want to force uh, male-bodied athletes onto women's teams. And so both approaches, I mean, it's kind of interesting because you have, on the one side, you have people who want to mandate uh, that male-bodied athletes be able to participate on women's teams in all circumstances. And on the other side, you have people who want to prohibit it in all circumstances. The reality is communities should probably be allowed to figure this out on their own, um, particularly at the K through, you know, K through 8 level. Um, where it's really a problem and where it's really a threat to women's sports is in, in high-level competitions, so varsity athletics, college athletics, uh, you know, competitive professional sports, and, and the Olympics. That's where, uh, if you allow this to occur, women and girls are going to lose opportunities. They're gonna, some of them are going to get hurt, and some of them will you know, not win their races, not be able to podium um, not be able to succeed because they, you know, they lost to a biological male. So at, at, at that level, it's a very serious problem. Um, but both sides are sort of taking an extreme one-size-fits-all approach is what's happening now. Yeah, it seems like uh, everybody paints this picture of this, uh, you know, this big, strong man who uh, is going to play women's sports and just dominate. Um, but at the heart of it, at least when you talk about the young kids at the youngest levels, it's, it seems like it's really just about inclusion. I, I don't know of any actual real examples where um, unbelievable transgender athletes have gone into women's sports to try and uh, win every record, to win scholarships. And I know we're just getting into the issue. It's not to say that couldn't happen, but it's, it's sort oh, of it's this. Happening, it's happening at the high school level. It's happening at the college level, 100 percent. And it's going to happen more and more. But you're right. The difference between a third-grade soccer team and a D1 girls' college soccer team is enormous, right? A third-grade soccer team is about inclusion. It's about physical fitness. It's about participation. Um, even the club teams for younger kids, you know, often have clubs. They have teams for everyone, right? So you may not make the top team, but there's a place for you to play if you want to play. That's not true, if you're playing Division One soccer for the University of Michigan, there's not Division One sports are not inclusive. In, in fact, they're the opposite. Um, you have to qualify, you have to compete, you have to be recruited, and one of the the fundamental qualifications for playing Division One women's soccer is that you're a biological woman. So is competition the real reason we're seeing these bills, or is it more of the locker room part of it and the off-the-field part that people are upset about? Because I know a lot of people you talk to are worried about 
you know, males and, well, they're females, but they were males and they're in the locker room and part like that. And I think a lot of people are upset about that. But the competition part, aren't we going by size and age? And aren't they, if they're all similar, wouldn't the competition be the same? Well, the competition is absolutely not the same post-puberty, right? That's Puberty is really the defining line. And after puberty, all of the scientific studies show that, that male-bodied athletes are bigger, faster, and stronger than female athletes on average. So even the best athletes in the world, you see Serena Williams losing to, you know, I think it was the, the man who was ranked 203rd or 202nd. And she said afterwards, I can't believe that was so hard. I didn't expect that to be so difficult. Um, so, you know, once somebody goes through puberty, it, even if they're suppressing uh, their testosterone, there are certain things that, that won't change, right? So once, once a male's shoulders are broader than a female's shoulders, once they're taller, um, you know, once their bones are denser, suppressing testosterone doesn't change that. Um, it will eliminate part of the male athletic advantage. It will not eliminate all of it. Um, so, you know, to answer your question, the reason I'm concerned about this is 100% because of competition and because I don't want to see women and girls uh, bear the cost of this inclusion and lose opportunities that they were granted under Title IX. Um, are some people, you know, in the conservative movement concerned about bathrooms and locker rooms and other such things? Uh, yeah, that may be, but that's that's not my primary concern at all. You know, Jennifer, it reminds you of what went down, oddly enough, 45 years ago with Dr. Renee Richards, uh, mm -hmm. ophthalmologist, uh, male, becoming a woman. She sued to participate in the uh, U.S. Open. Um, my question to you is, when it comes to competition, and I understand what you're saying, do you foresee a time where we get to a point where if blood is drawn and the athlete has got a proper amount of estrogen, she would be able to compete with girls. It, 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 is there anything to that? Um, well, I mean, there are people who argue that there shouldn't be sex-segregated sport at all, that it should, there should be open sport, um, and that it, the categories should be based on, you know, as you say, estrogen levels, testosterone levels, other things. Uh, I don't buy that. The, the single biggest differentiator in athletic ability is is male and female biology. Um, and you know, if 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 those are the categories, women are gonna women are gonna lose out unless they're separated by sex at the highest level of competition. Do you have a problem with girls playing on male teams? You know what? That that's a very good question, right? And that is that is the hardest question because. For the most part, when girls play on men's teams, um, the men aren't losing opportunities. Uh, I will say I have three daughters and a son, uh, but I have three daughters, two of whom are Division One athletes, all three of whom competed in high school. Uh, the oldest one did play uh, hockey with ice hockey with boys. Um, and we also, our family hosted a female Olympian uh, by the name of Megan Bozak, actually, from Chicago. We hosted her. Uh, she lived with us for nine months while she trained for the Olympics, and she grew up playing ice hockey on boys' teams. So I can see 
why I can see why it's valuable. Um, it, it gave her opportunities. It helps her train to become an Olympian to to compete with boys, and that's why I don't love the idea of bright line rules that always prohibit it or always mandate it. Right? I mean, there are circumstances where it makes sense, and there are circumstances where it's unfair and it doesn't make sense. So in an ideal world, I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see people figure this out. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't like to see it, as I said, at the Division One level, at the highest levels of sport. But when you're talking about little kids, I think local jurisdictions have to be able to figure this out. Well, if every state and every community has a different rule, it's going to be a real mess. Obviously, we're going to continue to follow this. Uh, Jennifer Braceres, Director of Independent Women's Law Center, thanks for joining us. We will be in touch with you as this comes out, if that's okay with you. No problem. Talk to you soon.